0: You can hear the trains in the background a little bit of wind it's shenandoah texas here it's stag bowl week and the question a lot of people want to know is what does it mean to win a stag bowl for you yourself as a player and for your school
1: i mean for me personally it would mean it would mean the world to me i mean this senior class for the past four years we've been saying let's win a national championship why not us why not go do this thing and past three years we've been eliminated in the second round and quite frankly we took that on our shoulders we said hey if we want to make a difference and we want to do what we say we want to do, we got to change things around here. We got to work harder. We got to get in better shape, and we got to do things better. We got to be able to respond to adversity. So I think we've done all that. I think we're at the point now, and we've really matured and been able to get our team on board. And to the school of North Central, it just means so much to both Coach Thorne, his Coach Thorne right now, Coach Jeff, and his father. They built this thing since 2002 from basically the ground out, ground up, and. They do things the right way. I think that's what makes it really special is the way that they do it. They do it with relationships. And I think it proves that eventually if you do things the right way and you keep doing it, you'll, you'll prevail. Um, personally, it would just really show how much hard work that a lot of us have gone through this year. And even, you know, our record doesn't show, but we did go
0: through a lot of adversity this year. You know, you everyone's talking about the quarterback situation. You know, that's kind of an adversity thing. And then, uh, you know, playing in a tough conference, um, and as a team it would really show you know that I think like a lot of people sometimes I guess recently of saying you know Whitewater might be done. White, White, Whitewater may have had their fun um,
1: but it would mean you know hey
0: we're still here competing you know just like we are every year.
1: For personally it'll mean everything. This is why you play the game. I've, I came here to win a national championship that's why me and, Black, me and Brock transferred in and uh, for the city of Naperville, just hopefully that when we get this, if we get this win, it can just bring a string of runs and get more recruits that we never thought could happen and just put North Central on the map that, okay, they are for real a Division three football team. Firstly, to Whitewater as a program, uh, it would be huge to get back on the map. Um, we are powered by tradition and traditionally we have been here before. Um, it is just another game in our eyes, but going out here and executing one more time would be nothing but a blessing for me personally, it's um, a huge opportunity. that everybody gets a chance to do it. And for it to be my senior year, it would be nothing better than to, to finish it right. Yeah, I mean, it's been the same answer with that everybody that's asked this. Uh, it's something you can't really describe, you know? I mean, to be able to bring home that first championship for our football program, it's something that, you know, has gone in way past our four years here as seniors. It's been, you know, before Coach Thorne uh, with his dad, Coach John Thorne. And, uh, you know, it just mean, it would just mean The world to all of us. It's just be able to do it for not only this senior class, but the coaches and the people that played before us. It'd just be an awesome
2: feeling. It's
1: been something that personally I've been chasing for a long time, so it'd be pretty amazing. But for school, I mean, it's it's been a little bit of a drought. I mean, since since 14, in most schools, wouldn't complain about that too much. But uh, for us, we're ready to get back on top.
0: It'd be everything. I, honestly, it's just it's been a, it's, it was my father's vision in 2002. You know, having been a, a Hall of Fame, highly successful, state championship-winning high school coach, the goal was to win a national championship. The mission is to impact lives but that goal has been lingering and we've been so close for so long. And So many players poured so much into this program and continue to follow us and support us. And and we have an administration at North Central. We're very fortunate. They support athletics. We have 38 national championships amongst our 27 sports, but zero in football. And uh, they've supported us from the day my dad took over in 2002. And uh, it's just a pleasure to work at a place like that and it'd be great to reward them for all of their support with a national
3: championship. As a teacher, when you look at things as an educator, you teach people how to do things right. And what you want to do is see that what you're teaching and how you're teaching them and how to do things right, that they will be able to reach their ultimate goals in life. So whatever that goal is, whatever that goal may be, and this group of guys have done everything we have asked them, everything. They have not batted at eye, and, and they have not flinched for one moment. And so you wanna see this, because you're like, yes, this is what we teach, this is what we coach. And for them to be able to accomplish that, they're the grittiest, mentally, the grittiest group of people I've ever been around. And, and every day, the way they practice, uh, the way they practice this morning, you know, we're on a plane last night, we're this, we're in a hotel, we're in different places, but they go out today and it was great practice it was locked in it was focused it wasn't over the top it wasn't distracted it, it was no they were so into their habit and that to me is beautiful when they can show their commitment to that process
0: good thing. a huge honor to be in this game but it shows a lot of great work done by these teams we'll talk a lot more about it here on week 16 actually week 15 technically but week 16 preview of in the huddle. So JB, you saw some of the uh, reactions there about what it would mean to win. obviously a lot of excitement and hope uh, for the players here. Tell folks what you think about this setup this game. We'll talk about how we got here from week 15 perspective, the semifinals and what to expect here in week 16.
2: Well yeah, I think I think that's what's got us here is really the is really sets the table for this game because we we saw a we saw a whitewater team that was really, you know, kind of you know, going blow blow for blow with uh, St. John's and and what ended up being probably one of the best you know D three semifinals or playoff games in a long time. Epic back and forth battle. What I saw from the from just the the game tape was how strong the whitewater defensive front uh, played, which. When you looked at the other game between um, North Central and Muhlenberg, the obvious thing there was how dominant the offensive line for the Cardinals was and, and how it allowed Brock Rudder basically just to sit back and, and pick apart the Mules who fell behind early after making a few unforced errors. They got a, some bad breaks, a, you know a non-DPI call at the beginning of the game that led to a touchdown. Uh, they fumbled off a kickoff that set up an easy score. Really, um, those disciplined defensive backs that weren't fooled by anything in the Salisbury game were letting uh, Kaminsky, the All-American wide receiver, get off with no trouble at all. the The bracket coverage didn't start showing up until they were down twenty to thirty-five nothing. I don't know if that was a scheme mistake, um, you know, whether it was a coaching situation that North Central was able to sort of set up. Uh, because that wasn't the same Muhlenberg defense that we've seen all season and I think after they fell behind and had some uh, some bad luck they just kind of I don't say that they quit because you know you were there you heard the the pads smacking and they were fighting like crazy you know even even right before halftime and and the score was getting out of hand but you have to you have to think that the the shock after falling behind 21 to nothing in the first what seven minutes just kind of took the wind out of that team um, completely and I give them credit for how they responded in the second half but they just dug themselves into too deep a hole and they just didn't play well um they kind of shrunk on a big stage and we've seen that year after year with these teams um from the east or from certain other parts of the you know the east that are close to the south whatever i still say Muhlenberg is technically an east team even though they're really a south region team you know pennsylvania is still in our in our backyard but um you know it, it raised some questions for me on you know well how good was delval then uh If they only lost by 17, maybe we really did underrate the Aggies. End of the day, sets up a great matchup between the two uh, best teams left in the bracket. And uh, one of them is going to be hoisting the walnut and bronze come Friday night
0: indeed uh, so you know here's uh where we're going with uh, the next uh, couple days here uh, you're probably watching this on thursday if you're watching the day of release and then uh friday is going to be a big day for us uh, on the d3football.com side of the uh, stage we're going to have at least a two-hour pregame show maybe more depending on the uh, content because we've got plenty of things that we're coming up with that we want to bring to you on friday on d3football.com Remember, kickoff is 7 o'clock central time, 8 o'clock eastern time. So we're going to start around probably 6 p.m., maybe even 5.30. We'll see where it goes. Uh, Look at d3football.com for information on the pregame show. Uh, In that, we're going to have interviews with folks like Dan Dutcher, the VP of uh, Division III. Uh, Will Bellamy from Union may be stopping by. And we're going to get some North Central uh, alumni and hopefully some Whitewater alumni. Saw some folks already, some familiar faces in my uh, little time down here in Shenandoah already i'm uh, actually in wood Wood forest bank stadium uh as uh, you know that is where we are going to be playing the game but the teams are going to be practicing at local high schools as the paint dries on the field here uh they will be done in time problem is we are looking at rain potentially on friday and so that throws a lot of things into a little chaos here and only highs in mid 50s at best on friday it means in the evening it'll be in the 40s here for kickoff so We'll, uh, we'll have an interesting day ahead of us, but no matter what, we'll have the All-America Show uh, in the pregame show, interviews with players and coaches uh, in this game, as you saw some of the, uh, the material at the open of the show, and then also uh, we're going to have the Gallardi Trophy announcement. And uh, we don't know who won yet, but the information that I've heard, rumors, of course, is that it was one of the closest votes in history of the Gallardi Trophy. So you'll want to watch that to see who does pull it out, it's going to be interesting to say the least here uh, with names like Erdman and Rudder and Zimbleman with the, the 57 touchdown performance, 51 in the regular season, among others uh, as finalists. I mean, those are just stats that I still can't believe after having done that Glardy Trophy finalist show a couple weeks ago, JB. And I know you were excited about the prospects of who it could be uh, with the guys uh, that, you know, we have seen in different ways on this show uh brock rudder sends his best actually he uh we, he and i talked earlier and uh, he enjoyed all our right. interview with him last week uh, good to see brock and uh, i actually we're filming this between uh, media sessions so i will be seeing uh you know uh, all the whitewater players uh coming up here in just a little bit uh let's look at uh, max myler uh, obviously from last week we interviewed i should uh, bring up him uh, hopefully yeah. uh, he'll remember us yeah sure uh, <laughs> but uh, let's talk about the games that got us here. You did uh, give us a little brief here. Uh, let's first look at North Central at Muhlenberg uh, in our m- mini crunch time. We're not really crunching in the time, but we're going to break it down br- uh, briefly here. Uh, it was a 45 to 14 game, but obviously the mistakes early for Muhlenberg uh, did them in. We-, we saw the North Central mistake early on, uh, the interception. Uh, thrown by Brock Rutter, but that was really the only real mistake he made all game long and his defense bailed him out Yeah, it's, it's become a no-name defense because of that offense But I think you and I were both very impressed with the defense that they brought against Muhlenberg and kept them, you know, down to uh, No real chance, you know, at halftime it halftime was 38 to 7 in that game uh, ends up being 45 to 14. Tell me about the defense that you saw North Central expose uh, or show on last Saturday?
2: Yeah, it showed me that they're uh, certainly a fast and well-coached group. Um, definitely had created some uh, separation issues for the mules receivers. Um, Nikowski really struggled to, to kind of thread the needle and, and get the ball to some of his uh, key playmakers. There were a few, uh, few opportunities that happened a little later on in the game, but early on, Muhlenberg offense, after just falling behind in such a deep hole, really kind of couldn't stick to its original game plan, and um, and it showed a little bit. It allowed the, the, the Cardinals to just keep sending pressure, and, and uh, you know, they, they really shut down um, a, a, a strong both running and passing attack, and they uh, will need to do that because, boy, um, uh, Mailer really... We didn't know much about him, kind of going into our interview with him. Uh, we knew, you know, some of the high school stats and stuff like that. But he really started to throw the ball well. I'm imagining, um, you know, that the the NCC defense is going to be, you know, coming with a similar game plan uh, to to try to mitigate, uh, take take the passing game away and just focus uh, on the run because they feel like they can stop the run pretty much, which is exactly what they did against Muhlenberg.
0: Indeed, Max Myler is one to watch here, and uh, I, having talked to the North Central uh, defense, uh, they respect fully the fact that you don't know what's coming at you at any given time, even from Myler himself, that he is going to be an interesting uh, character for them to face. I also uh, talked uh, with Tevin Jones uh, yesterday on Tuesday uh, on my way into Texas. Uh, sat down with him, see how he was doing, and he brought up the pure size of the whitewater, and we'll talk about that game in a second from last week. The They're whitewater, <laughs> yeah, their offensive line. I mean, if you're going to be on the field with them for 40 minutes or so, if in, in Mary Harden Baylor's case it was over 40 minutes, more like 43 minutes, yeah, um, you're you are going to have a real problem because that size, trying to uh, blow through that size, and you know, avoid the holes that allows that pound the rock mentality to occur. Uh, you're going to really feel it, and in a 17-play drive, Tevin had brought up to me, that 17-play drive really set the tone of that game for the defense's stamina uh, in that game. And yes, your halftime gets you a chance to lick your wounds, but when they go out and do it again in the third quarter, essentially, and just keep driving it at you with that size, it, it is tough. And so North Central's defense, while they were very good against a large Muhlenberg team, You know, they have faced teams like Wheaton who have size and uh, other schools along the way. Wabash, Coach Thorne had mentioned to me earlier today as well, uh, among others. But he brought up the idea the size and skill combined with a Whitewater type team is where things get a little bit more interesting and problematic for his defense ultimately. But again, the defense shown by North Central against Muhlenberg was high quality and that no name. Uh, quote unquote defense Uh, it's not really no name when you put up a performance like that in the semifinals on the other side you watch this game a little bit more than I did I believe the Whitewater St. John's game I had a ref but I kept peeking in and it was back and forth and up and down all around Uh, Whitewater and St. John's fought to a 22-21 halftime score safety was mixed into it Uh, the Whitewater defense almost got a second safety actually in that first half but just uh, St. John's just averted that But then uh, a very quiet third quarter led to uh, Whitewater being able to score, get ahead, and St. John's tried to respond but was intercepted right away on their final chance. Jackson Erdman and company for the second straight year falls short, this time in the semifinals last year in the quarterfinals, if I remember correctly, against uh, Mary Harden Baylor. 35-32, Whitewater wins that game. What were your takeaways from that one?
2: Uh, my takeaway was really the resiliency of the Warhawks, who you know they they fell behind, giving up a touchdown on the very first drive, and then their uh, special teams units had to kick a couple field goals and then block a punt to to make <laughs> make the game eight to seven for their first lead, and then after that, it seemed like the offenses started to settle in and catch their stride. Uh, both uh, both Mailer and Erdman uh, led their teams on two um, uh, touchdown drives prior to the half. And the second half, it was kind of more of the same. It was just the team's exchanging blows. Um, you know, and ultimately, I think what it boiled down to, Frank, was the fact that um, Whitewater leaned more on Mailer's ability to throw the ball than perhaps the Johnnies anticipated. Uh, Mailer was certainly a lot – I want to say he was better than I expected, but, man, he – I mean, you he only threw the ball like 12 times when they played uh, uh, Mary Hart and Baylor. And here he's like dropping dimes from, you know, these long passes, beautiful throws. I mean, he was so much, uh, you know, that was like, this guy was the backup. I mean, Holy cow. I mean, he was outstanding. Um, and you in the meantime, Erdman is running for his life from this uh, really invigorated um, whitewater uh, defensive line. And I still think it's, it's, I've never seen a, de- a defensive end with a number 24, but they've got one at whitewater and boy, he was, He was terrorizing Erdman and he's going to need to try and do the same thing to Rudder, who is at least from a football playing ability, uh, very similar, if not, you know, on the same par whatever, slightly above better or or not to um, to Erdman. Uh, Both are elite quarterbacks. You know, we saw um, Brett Segala from Cortland tweet uh, during the game, you know, calling Rudder elite. uh, And he was right. so the Warhawks defense is going to need to, per, to play a similar game where they can just bend but not break and keep trying to sack Rudder to get him off his game because right now that uh, Cardinals offensive line is basically letting him stand up um, for the entire game. I think the mules got to him maybe a couple times, uh, but it was a little you know, too little too late uh, type of situation. So that to me it goes back down to the trenches. It's going to be that whitewater defensive line against that Cardinals offensive line and that's going to decide the Stag Bowl.
0: I want to say one thing, I hate correcting you on the air, but uh, his uh, parents, uh, I, I know his family watched our interview, Myler, uh, M-I-L-E-R. Kind of Myler, that's right, Myler, yeah. like
2: running, running
0: a mile, Myler, yeah. that's right, my bad. So, Max Myler, uh, apologies to the Myler family, but uh, we know uh, that you did see us uh, last week, appreciate that. And you uh, should be proud of uh, that young man, uh, to say the least. And by the way, the WIAC uh, probably is not thrilled by the fact that they will see him next year as he is a junior by the year uh, that he has uh, shown on the program. So one more year there, and uh, get ready for that, uh, everybody in Oshkosh, Platteville, and uh, Lacrosse, and others uh, next year. Okay. So, uh, JB, we have two teams. You see it on the bottom of the screen. Uh, the home team will be North Central. This is only dictated by side of bracket. They flip that every year. It is not dictated on anything else, from what I understand. Uh, so, uh, you know, it, it trades each side each year. Uh, so North Central, the home team. Whitewater uh, will be the quote unquote away team. They're both away. So we got some predictions we have to make, but we also have to look at the tail of the tape. And I'm going to try to pull up uh, what you had sent me uh, just a couple days ago. I, I began reading it. I was a little bit uh, you know, impressed with some of the numbers, obviously, as we look at them on the screen here. And as you would probably guess, uh, you know, the offensive yardage per game Uh, That belongs to our good friends at uh, North Central.
2: (laughs) I mean, that's... I mean, the crazy thing, Frank, is that they actually went down a little bit from the Muhlenberg game. They were... The week before they were in like a 565 uh total offense area which is kind of amazing um but still i mean when you look at now the they're balance, 560 you, well boohoo <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly so i mean they're they're putting up close to almost 200 yards more uh per game uh than, than the warhawks and you know interestingly enough defensively uh both teams are, are pretty com- uh, pretty similar i mean the biggest difference, I guess you could say, is that there's about a 20-yard difference between um, the the Cardinals' pass defense and the Warhawks. The Warhawks giving up a little more, and then on the rush side of things, the Warhawks are only giving up 56 yards per game, where the Cardinals are basically giving up uh, 90. Um, you know, as we said before, you know, Miler coming in is sort of an unknown. Um, you know, his his passing and and you know those numbers aren't going to look as impressive as as Rudder's, who's been the starter. For the entire season and having one of the best uh, seasons in, in Division three history, arguably, and it's funny with you know, with, um, uh, you know with Drew Brees setting the you know, the all time um, passing TD or whatever mark it was the other night. Maybe the you know the the NFL and all the rule changes you know they're they're going to create these um, you know these gaudy uh, offensive numbers. That's the way the game has evolved over the last twenty years, and so um, you know seeing guys with fifty plus touchdowns and offenses averaging nearly 560 yards per game is becoming more of the norm. But um, the other thing that kind of jumped out to me, Frank, was the fact that the you know, given um, all the turnovers that Muhlenberg paid, the, uh, the turnover margin uh, bumped up a little bit for the Cardinals. So they're now at plus 13, whereas uh, Whitewater uh, is only at plus eight. They they had a little give and take um, with the Johnnies in, in that game. So their, their number didn't change much. And, uh, you know, maybe the, the biggest stat, Frank, could be the fact that, you know, Whitewater with the 14.7 point differential versus North Central's plus 36, Some te- somebody's a little more used to playing close games, <laughs> you know. Uh, well, and I, don't remember, know, I remember, remember the bully I, the bully yeah. thing that
0: uh, Max Maller talked to That's us about cool. last week. Essentially, the philosophy is bully – the team that offensively just comes out there and beats you up and uh, gets those numbers is what I read into that because Look at what happened with Mary Harden Baylor. Look at what happened even with St. John's to a certain degree. I know they still scored, what, 32 points against them. But I mean, 32 is still low. It's below the average. And controlling the game just enough to not allow St. John's to get into their rhythm is a huge thing for a team like Whitewater. That's what teams that play close games and win close games will do. They'll control it just enough to take you out of your comfort zone. I want to backtrack to one thing, though. And bring up that the 13-1 and records for each team this is the first stag bowl since 1999 when rowan wow. and pacific lutheran faced off against each other where it is one loss versus one loss so it's been a while it's been 20 years uh basically since it's happened that way and uh, back then i think you had to be 12 and one uh give or take because you didn't have to play uh, every round there were buys in the first round uh, back then that was when we went to 28 teams uh, right around that year if not that year itself I think actually 1999 so it's taken a while to have that situation develop again another thing uh, to point out uh, as we look at the quarterback comparisons Max Myler with 10 passing rushdowns and one four uh, rushing touchdowns seven receptions versus Brock Rutter's 54 2 & 5 um, this is a uh, battle of transfer quarterbacks uh, here we in fact three out of the four quarterbacks in the semifinals for transfers Uh, it will be the second straight year that a transfer quarterback leads a team that wins the stag bowl as we know one of them is going to win and be uh, the transfer and jace hammock last year uh, the year before that was d'angelo fulford so uh, it's only going to be two years in a row but it tells you a little bit about the new elite Division Three teams and where they may be finding their strength, which is from the transfer uh, chain as much as uh, you know the guys that come in for the four years. And it, it, there's something to be said about that, I think. We'll see where it goes over the next few years, but we'll pay attention to it, to say the least. And uh, you brought up all the rest here. The one thing I will point out, North Central's run game, is better than people think And we saw some of it especially later on in the Muhlenberg game as, as they had to you know take the clock down and you know, protect their lead but they did get some of their offense early from the run it's about a 60 40 spread between the pass and the run and so North Central can run the ball and the question is can they get through that defensive line you were talking about a little while ago of Whitewater so here we go JB the moment that nobody wants to hear me answer this question for Who's going to win Stag Bowl 47? You begin.
2: I was feeling good about my picks, you know, early on because I was batting over, like, you know, 75%. But as the playoffs have gone on, my, my numbers have dwindled now. i below 70%. I think I'm sitting about 68.9 or something. Um, I think I was 2-6 and six over the last couple weeks. So uh, it seems like, I mean picked against Whitewater once before actually twice and both times they won. So yeah I guess I have to go with uh, I have to go with Whitewater because if I pick them <laughs> you know <laughs> the North Central people can't get mad at me. Uh, I like the idea of defense winning championships but I just honestly I don't this this Cardinals offense is so prolific I just don't know if the Warhawks can win a shootout against them and their offensive lines playing so well. I'm really torn, um, man. I think, what uh, oh, can you go first? <laughs> no, I guess I'll, I'll I'll just say I'll say Whitewater. Why not? I'll say Whitewater in a twenty-four to twenty-seven, uh, twenty-four game. Um, we'll see. I just I could I I just feel really unconfident picking against the NCC offense.
0: I think uh, for me, uh, a conversation with a man who was in the trenches uh, as a linebacker two weeks ago tells me a lot about what I don't get to see or understand from you know, actually not playing the game. And I don't think it's much of a secret that i never played the game of football, uh, but I've been around it for 25 years as a broadcaster. So you get something from that over the years. Uh, but it, where you get the information and knowledge from is from talking to the players. And to talk to Tevin, uh, as I was talking about Tevin Jones and talk to Coach Thorne even a little bit, who brings up the skill level of the players on the offensive line, it tells me how Whitewater is winning right now and what makes them an elite team. Uh, the, on an offensive line, you cannot understate the importance of it, and especially when you're playing ball-control types of football. And let's face it, Whitewater plays ball-control football with the pound-the-rock mentality. It will not be a shootout normally when they have their way in a game. It's by design, and they're happy to win the close game when it comes down to it, even if it's in the 30s, especially against a team that's used to scoring in the 40s and the 50s. It tells you that they've done something. And when you combine that with the defense that Whitewater is showing right now, they're not going to shut down Rock Rudder. Let me be clear about that. They are not going to shut him down in this game. But they will do what they did with Jackson Erdman, because they didn't shut down Erdman either last week. They're going to be able to contain him to a certain amount of points. And the question becomes, can Miler and company exceed that number on the scoreboard? Whitewater wins this game and wins Stag Bowl 47 in the NCAA Division III Championship by a score of 30-25 here in Shenandoah, Texas. I know a lot of North Central people forbid me from picking them. I would not 25. let that stop me from picking them. Uh, yeah, why not? Uh, weird you things happen pick in 20
2: yeah, it's you, it's like you like safeties or something, and like there's always going to be some kind of weird twenty-five points. Like you have to think of it. How would you? Like three touchdowns, a safety, and then. You know, no, right. it'd
0: be the three touchdowns, two safeties, two-point conversions could play a role, though. Let's say uh, you know you you're go really for a two points or something. Point or something. <laughs> yeah, no, but uh, that's that's where I'm going with it. Uh, ultimately, look, would I be shocked that North Central won this game? Not at all. Uh, they are a great right. team. They really yeah. are. And uh, come on, they beat Mount Union fifty-nine, fifty-two. But their defense learned a lot since that game. Obviously, they gave up fifty-two to Mount Union, and we're all like, ah, whatever about North Central's defense. No, they've they've shown up in in a big way since that point. The fourteen points that they allowed uh, against Muhlenberg should tell you that. And really, the you know second touchdown was later on in garbage time. So let's say they gave up seven points when it counted in that game. Yeah. So. It, to me, that defense has gotten better, and they're going to be able to contain them, like I said, to a degree, but they're not going to be able to shut him down uh, on either side of the ball, Myler or Rudder, uh, in this situation. So it's going to be interesting chess match. Run games are going to be crucial in this game. We'll talk about the passes all day long. The run game is going to set up so much and actually need to score some points themselves, too. And that's where I'm going to be looking to see... Whitewater has a slight advantage in that case, especially with their quarterback as a running quarterback in Max Myler. Tough call, though, uh, to say the least. JB, this is the last show for us for the calendar year 2019, unless something unforeseeable happens. So I want you to uh, tell folks uh, about your best memories from the 2019 season, and uh, I will do the same. You go first.
2: Wow. Wow. Yeah, it's been it's been kind of crazy. I, I I don't remember exactly how many episodes that we've done this year, but I know it's it's a lot. <laughs> Something like uh, forty plus hours worth of uh, worth of content. I mean, end end of the day, it's always the most fun part is is meeting the different uh, players that are out there um, and just getting to know some different programs um, that are in the East region and even you know at certain times outside it uh i love the fact that this year was so unpredictable there were so many um surprises um you know our our picking record is probably a reflection of that <laughs> you know we did well there for a while but as the season wore on there were some interesting upsets and and sort of topsy-turvy things but ultimately really, um you know, i just wanted to say you know thanks to you for um doing a lot of the heavy lifting uh, with the production and all that i know we uh we make a good team when it comes down to the, the give and take of it all. I, I wish I was able to get out on the road a little more than um, than I that I can now. I just five teenagers in the house and other stuff going on. It's just a lot on my plate. Uh, but the beauty of technology is I can sit here in my uh, home office from Orlando and just and and try to chime in um, and hopefully not be too long winded. Still working on that, but uh, looking forward to uh, seeing you and your. Very dapper new uh, jacket. I've seen a preview of the uh, of the Sager Strong style uh, tuxedo jacket. Sager Strong noticed, uh, you know, the the tweet that we made and uh, retweeted that. So I'm sure they'll keep an eye out as well. And so uh, looking forward to the broadcast on Friday. I know it's going to be a great game, and I'll look forward to seeing you here uh, in a couple of uh, well, about a month when you're in town for the Pro Bowl. So.
0: Yeah, I, I say for calendar year 2019, because we do have some uh, postseason shows we do uh, to talk about coaching changes and even reflect on the Stag Bowl a little bit and what, what it all means heading into the 2020 season. Uh, season 13 for In the Huddle, it's so a pretty good likelihood, I would say, at this point. This is my 13th straight year on the sideline of the Stag Bowl here. Uh, not Well, not necessarily here. We started in Salem, obviously, for the first 11 of them, and then two since. Uh, this will be in Shenandoah next year in Canton it's not gonna be much colder in canton than it is in shenandoah for this uh, go around that's the funny part of it but uh, for me I, I i think you said it well i'm gonna expound on it uh when you get to go into a room and brock rudder comes up to you and it's like great to meet you in person uh because you know we, we i didn't get a chance to talk to him last week uh, at the game itself he was a little bit busy winning a game uh but you know getting to talk to these guys and such a diverse set of players not just in the east region but across the country jb it's been special i think for us to be able to do that when families come up to us and thank us, no matter who we pick, and then want to rib us about who we pick, it's a, a great honor to just you know the fact that they're watching, and you know, we'll we'll give it back to you guys uh, when you're like, hey, how's that uh, uh, Muhlenberg pick going for you, Frank? And you know, hey, I'm happy to go toe to toe to joke around about it. But at the end of the day, we appreciate you watching. We appreciate you reading the stuff we do. We appreciate you being part of Division Three because we know it's not a huge audience. We know it's a niche uh, sport or a in the sport but it's important to us it's important to you obviously if you're watching the show and we love to bring it to you in a professional manner and we love to present the student athletes because without them it would be useless to do this they are what drive our desire to do it to talk to the Will Bellamy's and the Brett Segala's and you know so many others over time it's just it's really really important to us to showcase those folks. And the Dan McNeil's, even the coaches, and all the coaches we've talked to this season. It's just such a great honor to be able to talk with them, show you what their best points are, uh, and even you know touch on some of the downsides of football and how they've transcended those moments. And we've seen a lot of those throughout this season. Uh, the unpredictability, you're right, was huge, but again, you, the fans, are what make this show and the student athletes that we get to talk to, especially make it you know, worth doing.
2: You know, I think what it, now that I've had more than a couple of seconds to think about it, the, <laughs> what I probably remember most about this season, Frank, was honestly seeing, you know, kind of the, the homecoming and the reunion that, that you got to have um, with Union College and the way that uh, the coaches, the players, and most of the fans um you know re-embrace you you know after you know sometimes you know guys are our situation when we have strong opinions about things and we have a platform in which to express those can rub certain people the wrong way and um you know at the end of the day we're not you know we don't purport to be you know espn guys or you know the skip Baylesses. we're not trying to be you know shock jocks or anything like that but we are going to try to be as objective and and you know, criticize as much as we are going to. You know, applaud uh, things that we see out there. And some people uh, are open to that. Some people aren't, and they they can't take it. And I think there were for a while there were some folks at Union who just, for whatever reason, didn't want to hear uh, what you had to say. Um, and so there was a little bit of a, a separation there for a while which is a shame you know considering how many years of your life you spent in the broadcast booth and traveling all over upstate New York and elsewhere uh, supporting the team uh, with your time and, uh, and other and other resources so honestly I think for me you know seeing that we you know we have these uh, you know contacts like you know Jeff Behrman, the in the huddle east region coach of the year award winner by the way i don't see that i don't have a trophy i don't have a trophy i mean maybe this little thing at miami beach you know there you go here's the trophy um you know but that to me i think when i when it's all said and done especially with the time of the holidays and sort of um you know trying to think of things that you know being grateful and, and happy about that to me really stands out i know it does it does to you i won't put you on the spot there but um that's definitely a, a strong memory for me of 2019.
0: Yeah, the other day I talked to him because we were talking about Will being on the pregame show, possibly. And, uh, you know, we had a good, great conversation. He was recruiting in uh, New Jersey and everything uh, and talking about our families and whatnot. And uh, at one point he said, you know, it's it's all water under the bridge now, right? And I said, you know, coach, mostly it is. I mean, there, there are certain things, obviously, that never change or things you don't forget. But honestly, life's too short. And, uh, you know, you guys are doing great things over there at Union, I told them and keep doing what you're doing. And uh, thank you for having me back at the end of the day. Uh, So I appreciate you give me a second to reflect on that as well. Folks, again, You'll see me on the sideline. Look on Twitter as well because I'm going to uh, be showing you a way that you can help raise money for cancer awareness and cancer research uh, through what I do with uh, the uh, Sager Strong scenario on Friday. So uh, stay tuned for that over the next couple of days if you haven't seen it already. Uh, I will be doing the pregame show on Friday with D3Football.com, the sideline, the audio broadcast. Look for me maybe in the background on ESPN. It happens. And then on uh, yeah. in January... We will obviously be doing our uh, postseason show and then maybe one more before we call season 12 closed here on In the Huddle. Again, thank you so much for your over 55,000 views this season of all of our uh, podcasts and listens as well. When we add those in, uh, it hits over 55,000. It means the world to us and makes us want to come back for season 13 of In the Huddle. JB, thanks for everything. Folks, we'll see you soon
2: holidays happy new year.